This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News on the Paddle and Fan Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Got my co-host, Sean. How you doing tonight, Sean? Good. How about you, bud? I'm here. I'm uh, pretty excited for this episode because we have my BFB on here. Do you know what a BFB is? <laughs> I don't. What is that? That is a bass fishing bestie. We got my nice. buddy Thomas Davis on here. Welcome to the show, Thomas. What's up, guys? <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to be here as your uh, BFB. <laughs> now, me, me and Thomas actually met last year, and you know we've we've become friends and we've fished together quite a bit and everything. And Thomas is actually, uh, you just shared a post not too long ago. You've been bass fishing for like two years now. Right. Yeah, it's 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 actually kind of crazy because I started fishing again. I fished a lot growing up uh, with my grandpa, but once he passed away, I, I really didn't go fishing anymore. Maybe here and there, but 
Father's Day two years ago, uh, I started fishing again. And about two weeks later, I started messing around bass fishing. And ever since I've, I've been uh, addicted and spending way too much money and trying to spend as much time on the water as possible. So yeah, started kite fishing, gosh, maybe a year and a half ago now. So it hasn't really been that long, but it's been a good time. Well, you've, you've definitely, you know, came on to it quick, a lot quicker than I did. You know, you've, you've won, you know, a few local tournaments here and, you know, you've, you've placed well in almost all of them that I've seen you fish in. And so like, I don't know, you, you've just developed so much quicker than I did. It kind of blows my mind. You know, I've, I've been doing this for like, what, seven, eight years now and you're better than me. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 get, uh, I appreciate the praise, but you know, I, for me, like when I find a hobby I really like, I go all in and I'm just engrossed and reading, watching, asking questions as much as possible. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm as good as you made it sound, but, uh, I think I've done good for only bass fishing for I, two no, years, no. but. No, I, I I didn't say you were like super awesome. I said you were better than me. They don't take much, okay? But, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but let's uh, gotcha. my bad. We're we're skipping ahead a little bit, I guess. Why don't you, for, you know, for people that don't know you, like introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself and all that. Yeah, my name's Thomas Davis. I live in uh, the wonderful city of Gladeville. Uh, it's maybe 20 minutes from Nashville, but, um, like I kind of already alluded to, I really, I really haven't been bass fishing or kayak fishing for super long. Um, you know, right at two years. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I've just gotten engrossed with it. I love kayaking. I love fishing. Uh, I love, you know, trying to talk to as many people that I can about kayak fishing, um, participating in as many tournaments as I can. Uh, as long as my daughter's not playing soccer, of course, kiddos. Happy Father's Day, by the way, to all the dads out there. Pretty sure you guys are both dads, so all the fathers watching, take your kids yeah. fishing. <laughs> Amen to that, man. <laughs> yeah, we're we are we're recording this on Father's Day a little early. Uh, me and Sean are going to be going out of town. Uh, so we're uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves. So yeah, happy late Father's Day to everybody. Hope, uh, <laughs> hope it's been a good one. But either way, take your kids fishing. Thanks for calling us out yes. about starting early or, take, or about recording hey, early, Thomas. Look, yeah. <laughs> still, dads deserve the credit and take your kids fishing. It's a good message. I can I can agree with that. Yep. All right, so. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm just not very observant and don't really put things together too well. And you seem to be pretty good at putting together a pattern. You know, uh, this last tournament that we fished together, you were like, oh, I'm just tossing it right up in the middle of like this heavy brush and, you know, sinking down and you're getting the bite. Whereas me, like, if I get one bite off that, I'm like, okay, it's around, you know, lay down trees, but not like I wouldn't, pro I wouldn't really be able to focus on, I want to try to say like, uh, I wouldn't be able to comprehend like only in the, 
thick part or something like that. You know what I mean? Like the small details. I know for one instance, a guy was saying like, oh, they're only biting under trees that are like a foot off the water if they're like touching the water or something, you know, not getting bites there. I'm like, I would never put that together. So I'm, I'm curious how you put together a pattern like that. Like, how do you get yourself to pay that much attention to detail? I guess I, I'm not really sure how to form this question. So, <laughs> oh, um, well, <laughs> it's funny you <laughs> asked me about putting patterns together because I've had I'm kind of myself in a rut right now. I've had a tough time. Um, you know, I went to Chickamauga and I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And then, you know, I was practicing for this tournament that we've got coming up. I've had a tough time, but I will say typically something that I'll try to try to figure out before a tournament. Um, and, you know, kind of alluding to what you already said, like you're not observant. And I think that's where it's really key. So like when you get a bite, you know, that's your first indicator of what could continue to get bites. And it could be water depth. You know, I fish a jig a lot. If you're fishing a jig it could be ready to fall or get a reaction by or do you need something slow so that they can kind of see it before you know it hits the bottom um it could be so many different things um like we'll start with something i'm confident in i mean i think i'm cutting in and out you guys good still you're cutting in and out a little bit but we're you know, it's enough to uh, we understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'll give some of my most recent, um, like for Chickamauga, for instance, I didn't have necessarily a consistent pattern, but little stuff I could put together um, that was giving me clues. So I fish docks mostly. Um, and, you know, when you're fishing a dock, you've got all these different areas to fish. You've got, you know, the walkway, you've got, um, depending on what type of dock you've got underhanging crosses you've got ropes you've got the darkest deepest part of it um and you know typically i'm going to fish the entire dock to try to figure out where the fish might be um, most obvious spot's going to be obviously like the darkest area but um one one thing i actually found in chickamauga the darkest area was typically deeper um and i could recreate the pattern but it wasn't wasn't consistent enough for what I, but it still worked. But I found that a lot of the fish were up super shallow under the, the walkways um, in dark areas. And typically if there was brush or grass, it was even better. And those are all things you want to pay attention to, right? Like if there's brush, you know, you're, <laughs> the chance is probably higher. That's another spot for them to hide. If there's grass, same thing. So um, something I had put together was that was actually you can, you know, even so on a kayak, it's extremely important to be efficient with the time because we can't cover water like a bass boat. Um, but I found that they were under the, the walkways the most. Um, and so I was fishing docks that were, the dock was out in deep water, but the walkway was in shallower water. So I didn't spend my time, you know, once I had fished long enough to figure this out, I didn't spend my you know, letting my jig sink down 10 foot on an area that I wasn't catching fish. I could just fish those walkways, move to the next dock, fish that walkway and continue. Um, and I was fishing 
as I was fishing the docks, maybe figure out other things. Like, um, I found that the really difficult docks to get under typically held fish too. Um, just because they're probably less pressure to skip your jig or a worm or anything in the little tiny crevices. Um, but I just wanted to at least use Chickamauga as my most recent. And then speaking of patterns that I figured out the last 40 minutes of the tournament, uh, I figured out a pattern. I wish I'd figured out the few days I was there before. Um, I started, honestly, I just needed bites. So I was trying to upgrade um, and I fished a row of docks. I'd already committed to the dock game. And at the end of this cove, I actually found a lot of shallow grass. So uh, I started pitching into the grass and it was very scattered. It wasn't like a, you know, just a long stretch of just endless grass where you're like, what the heck am I going to do? I'm just going to flip every five feet. Um, but uh, I found these little shallow patches of grass. I got five bites at the end of the tournament. Granted, didn't help me much, but um, it was key because that grass was in shade. It was very shallow, so you got to take into consideration the shade that offers the, that the bass. The grass is obviously covered for the bass. Um, and the depth, I guess they were just comfortable at that depth. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really... Kind of like I already said, you know, you had said you you got to pay attention. There's so much information that one bite offers, whether it's depth, water temperature, um, shade, what kind of lure, what kind of color. Um, there's information you get from that first bite. And if you get a second one in a very similar instance, then typically you can you can run with it and, and use it again. Try to recreate it. Yeah, I'm, you know, part of like kind of branching off from that a little bit is another thing, you know, I, I, that last tournament we were in, you caught your new PB and uh, you, were, you were telling mm -hmm. me like how you caught it and you're like, yeah, throwing a jig in this heavy brush and letting it sink. And so it didn't even compute with me. Like I didn't even think about weight. So I started throwing like the little finesse jig, quarter ounce jig, and and you said something to me like, "Well, I don't know if that'll like push down through all that," and I, I didn't even think I wouldn't have even thought about that, and uh, and so like I'm actually ordering like some heavier jigs just for that in the future because I've kind of I've gotten to where like all of mine are you know lighter because I want that slow fall just to give that fish something to look at for a minute while it's coming down. And I, that's not always going to be the case. Like, right. like in yeah. that instance. And, and with jig, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Typically, I fish a heavier one, but I think a lot of times with jigs, it's a reaction bite anyway. You know, they don't, they honestly don't get a lot of time. I know that day at Williamsport, when I won that tournament, every jig bite I got, 
out was a reaction. The moment it hit the water, a few seconds, you know, maybe two seconds went by and they were slamming it, you know, and I wasn't necessarily feeling all the bites. I just saw my line moving. Um, and, you know, like I told you, after that tournament, I went to Blue Cat thing. I caught more fish on Blue Cat since I had figured out that pattern and I could just stick with it. I didn't fish, you know, the brush that was in 10 foot. I was skipping way under the overhangs to the brush that's a foot to two foot deep because that's what was working for me. Um, and with jigs, I know you're asking about patterns, but since we're on the topic of jigs, it's, it's one of my favorite lures to use. But, you know, that's another thing that you can, I don't want to say it's a pattern, but, um, you know, figuring out what weight, what color, you know, typically what I've found in clearer water you want a heavier jig because you don't want them to get a good look at it and dirtier water. And this isn't always the case. It's not like the gospel message of jigs or anything, but you know, in, in dirtier water, you probably want a slower, slower fall. Although Williamsport is a prime example of dirty water and I'm using a heavy jig and they're getting a reaction bite. But um, that's just some of the information that, that I've experienced so far. But, but yeah, that, like I said, that pattern, you know, taking it to blue cat from, from a uh, shell cracker. Uh, I just changed colors because blue cat was a little clearer. I was using like a black and purplish blue jig with a Jumbo trailer on, on a shell cracker. And then blue cat, I swapped to like a green pumpkin purple, but like a green pumpkin trailer. And um, yeah, the same thing worked and the same exact thing I was catching them on. Um, I was catching fish left and right that day. So it's, it's yeah, definitely helpful. What What's crazy is you went down there shell cracker and won the tournament and like everybody here lately, well, probably for like the last, you know, year or so, everybody's been saying that shell cracker ain't been fishing good <laughs> and everything. And you come out there and go down there and win the tournament on that one. So that, I don't, that's just crazy to me. Blue cat is <laughs> a lot clearer than shell cracker. It's, it's, it's funny. You say that because I have zero confidence in something that, and I stuck with it, so worked out. Well, it didn't work out for me because I wasn't going to go to Shellcracker, <laughs> but you're like, I'm going to go down there. Like, I want to fish with you, and you're going to make me go down there. Which I, I did have a limit within yeah. the first hour, a small, very small limit, but uh, it didn't work out for me later on. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, you just talked a little bit about jig. So, the, the, there's another technique that you seem to like to use that I really don't throw at all. And I don't, you make it look so easy, and I just don't like it. And that's the jerk bait. So, I, I want to I know, like, yep. what... I don't know if I've ever paid attention to this while fishing with you with a jerk bait. How are how are you doing the rod? Are you got your rod tip underwater? Like how? Because that that's my biggest issue with no. the jerk bait. Why I don't do it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. This year, I mean, you know, I really really enjoyed fishing at Woods, mm. and I was able to pattern you know smallmouth on a jerk bait uh, and a finesse jig. And the jerk bait, I don't know. It's one of the, I don't, it's one of those baits that I still don't have like a super amount of confidence in unless it's super cold. 
maybe it's because I never grow it when it's warmer and maybe I should, I don't know, but because uh, nobody else does, it seems like, but um, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I think you've called me out on this before. I hold my rods really weird in the kayak anyway. Um, I have GoPro footage. Nobody's ever made fun of me or anything about it, but not to your face wrist, anyways. <laughs> yeah i mean if they did yeah let me know if if what i'm doing is weird because i, I do want to know but i'm not going to change it because it's what works i was going to say if it works it, yeah, yeah it, it works um but yeah jerk bait it took me a minute to kind of figure it out too because it's it's one of those things in a kayak and i use a seven foot rod for it too um i know a lot of people use you know shorter rods but i don't know i Speaking of rod length, I know this is kind of off subject, but I typically use longer rods in a kayak um, just because I want the casting distance. But anyway, um, with a jerk bait, uh, I don't hold the rod in the water. <laughs> it would be hard to use it, but uh, I do. I have it off to the side on an angle. Um, and typically, I will just, again, it, it, but I will just like, jerk my wrist um off to the side i know in a you know you watch a lot of bass fishermen in boats and they'll you know they have like a downward snap can't do that in a kayak so i just kind of jerk off to this jerk off to this <laughs> keep it clean oh. <laughs> jesus <laughs> uh we should anyways, not have brought, I, uh, it's my fault i brought up the subject <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about the pattern that I had on jerk baits this spring since we were uh, talking about trying to pattern fish. Um, anyway, on woods, I, I, I was finding in the like 14, 10 to 14 foot zone. Stop it, Ryan. <laughs> I can't speak anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was finding fish on my graph in the 10 to 14 foot zone. And I'm still pretty new at using the graph. Um, but anyway, uh, I knew that area was holding small mouth because uh, I was. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> oh. I, I'm right. really immature. So, like... I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready? I think so. We'll see. Anyway. All right, 10 to 14 foot zone. And this was pre-spawn, um, but uh, I was catching them on a finesse jig, and I noticed that some were suspended. So I started using a jerk bait that day. Um, I, I, typically, I don't know what it is. Smallmouth love jerk baits. So, um, but I was finding in that 10 to 14 foot zone, or on a lot of main lake points that were in that zone, along with this bluff wall that I'd found. Um, I could consistently catch them uh, in that zone. So, you know, I caught, I think it was, I caught one on a jig and then I started noticing um, more bass suspended off the bottom and the water was super clear where I was at, uh, but it was pretty cloudy and it was super windy. Um, I think those are things that definitely helped the bite. Um, but, you know, those are just Two other things i guess since we're on the subject you could you could mention you know for patterning fish the conditions but um now when you're, with the wind, when you say you're you're throwing jerk bait in they were at 10 to 14 were you throwing above them or and they're coming up to get it or were you throwing something like a 110 plus that will get down that deep 
Uh, I was throwing a 110 plus one. Okay. Um, and I was throwing up to the bank and then, you know, pulling the bait out closer to the boat. And I, I was sitting in probably the 15 foot zone and they were typically biting around the 10 foot zone. It was the main area I was fishing was like a bluff wall, but it wasn't like a, you know, a, a sheer drop off bluff wall. It was more of a, a tapering. Um, so it wasn't like a, just a severe drop, but, um, but yeah, I found that I could consistently catch them in that 10 foot zone. Um, and I ended up catching, I think it was that day that I'm, that I'm speaking specifically about, I caught three smallmouth um, that were 19 inches. Uh, so it was, I mean, that's a good day for me. I know plenty <laughs> of people can catch good fish than that, but, um, oh, I was that's super stoked. Uh, Heck yeah. <laughs> you know, I was happy with just that 18 and a half that I caught that day we went to woods. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, between the jig and the jerk bait, um, I could, I could hop back and forth between those baits. I think I caught that day probably six or seven smallmouth that were that were really decent two pounds plus you know 17 to to i think my biggest was almost 20 inches um and it was just over four pounds but uh i mean it was a solid day but just putting that together you know the combination of the jig and the jerk bait um at certain depths and um certain like the the area was super rocky just figuring out like uh, that and putting it together to consistently catch the fish. <clears throat> now, you said you weren't like super confident in a jerk bait. I thought that was like one of your go tos because I've seen you throw it so many times. Yeah. So. I, like I said, I, I guess I say that I think my confidence. My confidence shifts in what I'm catching on. <laughs> I haven't caught a jerk bait fish since the spring now, but, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm confident with it whenever it's cooler, but, you know, outside of that, I really don't use it. Again, maybe I should. I don't know. Um, I like fish docks a lot. I've heard people like to fish uh, jerk baits around docks, even in the warmer months, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, something you just said about, like, I don't know, I I guess kind of like your confidence goes in and out with it when you haven't caught a fish on in a while. I'm terrible about that, and it's something that I've noticed. You know, I'll go out and have, like, a good day on a particular lure, and then I'll use that lure for, like, two months straight, pretty much all I throw, until I get, like, skunked on it. And then it's like, okay, they're not biting this anymore. What I'll do. And it's really terrible because I'm probably missing a better <clears> – <throat> pattern from a better lure just because i'm stuck on this one where i'm still getting some fish on it but not great but like i was like that with the jig i was like that you know last year with the uh wicked willow uh from wicked weights the underspin you know i I threw that for i don't know how long consistently um i got like that with the crankbait that's thomas's fault he's the one that got me on the crankbait (laughs) um I didn't really do a lot of winter fishing, but you know, I, I, I caught my PB in December on the Jigmaster underspin, and you know, I pretty much threw that only that for a while. Uh, what little bit of late fall winter, or early winter fishing that I did, um, 
this year, first time out was when we went to Woods. I threw a Ned rig, and I've been throwing a Ned rig pretty much primarily all the way up until now. And then yesterday, I went out and got skunked on it. And so now I'm, I guess I'm going to have to find something else. I don't know, but I, I, I will say I got a big bite yesterday. Like that thing ran into a bunch of brush uh, with my Ned rig and broke me off. And it had to be, you know, I haven't caught a huge fish on my little light setup for Ned rig, but so I don't know exactly what it feels like, but based on what I felt, it had to be five plus pounds. I would say bigger than that, but then, you know, it's a light setup. So even smaller fish feel bigger than what they are. So, but yeah, I got, I got to find, I don't know. I don't, I, I need to be more diverse with my lures instead of, you know, just trying to throw one thing that I've been catching fish on. Oh. I do the same exact thing. Yeah. And, and you got, I mean, it, they always say, don't, don't fish the past fish what's in front of you but uh that's stuff to do when you, you you know that's what worked in the past and you know to to leave something behind that you had confidence in and uh, to go for something that you don't know how it's going to work is you know you just have to have faith that you'll be able to figure it out <clears throat> yeah and yeah that, uh my awesome connection uh interrupted you a little bit ryan but you know, and, and that's one of the things I think I've tried to do, um, you know, being newer is learning as many techniques as possible. And I, I typically take way too many rods with me. Uh, yes, and do. I have a million things tied on. Yes, you do. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, if I get out there, if I get out there and I'm like, I have a plan in mind, but then I notice something else, I don't have anything to, to swap to. But, um but no, just having that versatility and being confident in several baits, I think is, is extremely important. Um, especially, you know, if you're fishing a tournament in a, an area you don't know very well and you happen to stumble upon something, uh, and you're not prepared for it, you know, you never know. Oh, I guess I need to add more rod holders to my yet gadget crate, you know, it's only got three, and then I lay two to the side, so I carry five. And here he is out here with like 10. Yeah, I carry a lot too. I carry like five or six, and there's still times where I'm like, oh, I wish I had one more that I could tie this on. And I know I can swap, but you know, more often than not, uh, that's I'm really lazy with doing that too. I'm like, well, I have this tied on, I can keep throwing it, and try and make it work. So, all right, so. What what is a uh, you playing us a little music there, Thomas? <laughs> uh, my awesome internet connection, and then my car was telling me I was going to shut off uh, <laughs> if I don't press a button because I've been sitting in it for thirty minutes idle. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what is a uh, a I want like a go to technique for you then? Other than you know you already said a jig, but. Uh, I think it, I have like seasonal confidence baits. Okay, um, well we're we're in like summertime, so so what what what's your summertime other than a jig? You know, it's probably going to be a jig, <laughs> especially the look of that bait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, you you said um, other than a jig. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say that um, you guys are both big jig fishermen, and I I have yet to really have much success at all on a jig. But I I've always thought that it's a let it fall to the bottom and slowly drag it along the bottom kind of thing. And you, but that I guess flipping is a completely kind of different approach to that. And maybe it's just that I should be flipping in places where I'm just casting and kind of dragging it back to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the type of fisherman I like to move. Like I like to cover as much water as possible. And you know, I fish a jig pretty fast. You know, I'm I kind of alluded to fishing docks, and I'll tell you my other confidence bait in a minute. But you you rob jigs again, so. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, a jig can be a reaction bite, you know, you're pitching it in, it drops, you get a bite and you can flip, you can flip down bank stocks, whatever, um, and fish pretty quickly. Okay. Well, I, I may that I'm going to have to try that because I like to fish a little quicker too. I, I have trouble. Uh, the Ned rig has taught me to slow down a lot, but, uh, I tend to fish, I try and fish as quickly as I can just to cover as much water as I possibly can. Um, even with the wacky yeah. rig, I switched to a, a weighted wacky so that I would get a faster fall, you know, for the same reason in that I want to, you know, pitch it in, hop it once or twice. And if there's nothing there, I, I move on because um, most of the time uh, I don't get bit the longer it sits there. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to just pop it in there, see what's there. If nothing's home, I'm moving on. So. Well, it's funny you mention a wacky rig because that's my other confident summer bait. <laughs> <laughs> and something I've never caught a fish on. Wow. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's excellent. It's, it's you've got to try it, and you're you're a net rig fiend, Brian. You gotta you pick up the wacky rig, and, uh, throw it. That's uh, stuff, obviously, but. Um, you know, that's one of my other baits that I like to use, fishing dock. All right. Well, stuff like with that. The, so, with, with the wacky I'm rig, like, yeah, a little bit, but not not terrible. I, I think there's a little bit of a delay between us. So, you know, yeah. But anyways, with the wacky rig, are you a uh, weightless kind of guy, or are you weighted? Weightless for sure. I've actually never tried weighted. Um, I might have to after Sean talked about it because I do like to fish fast, but um, and I have I am the worst at swapping over to finesse fishing in the world. I will <laughs> force a bite on whatever I want before I will go finesse, except for in the summer. I like wacky rig, but um, but yeah, I, I use weightless. And I mean, typically I'm fishing it shallow enough to where I can still fish it pretty quick. Um, you know, probably less than 10 foot, probably, you know, six foot or less, to be honest. The only time I can't throw a wacky rig is when it's windy, because then I can't detect the bites or anything. So it, that used to be the only thing that I was confident in. And then the second the wind started, I was like, oh, man, now what I'm going to throw? Because yeah. I get that big bow in my line and I wouldn't be able to watch the line move as much or feel the the bites as much and i i was basically lost i was like well there goes that i might as well pack up and go home because i don't know what else to catch them on so that the windy days actually forced me 
to start finding other things. And that's, that's kind of when I started with the crankbait and the moving baits like that, because those aren't as affected by wind as much. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, definitely when, you know, if it's slow and I can just, you know, hop along the bank and, or uh, kind of drift along the bank and pitch under, uh, I can skip the wacky rig too really well. That's one of the first ones I learned how to skip. So um, that's definitely where I started with confidence. So, yeah. So what, what kind of setup are you throwing it on? Are you, Cause to, to me, I don't, I feel like a wacky rig, you know, it's basically a weightless Cinco. You can throw a weightless Cinco on a bait caster, but everybody seems to throw a wacky rig on a spinning rod. I don't understand yeah. this, but like, couldn't you, Throw that on a spinning rod. Since yes, I mean on on a casting rod is what I meant. Oh yeah, I've seen people do it. Um, I think it's just preference, really. Um, I prefer the spinning rod, kind of like Sean talked about, like skipping it. Skipping is just easier on a spinning rod, and I feel like the majority of the time I'm using it, I want the option to skip it. Um, mm -hmm. But I use like a, a seven three medium action rod, um, and the my the hook i i'm serious when i say this i don't know if i've ever lost a fish on a wacky rig now i don't use like weedless ones or anything but uh gamakatsu makes this i think it's called the b10 stinger i think it's actually a trout hook um hmm. it's for people that use or that make like, flies and stuff it's a bigger hook i i get it in a size one but oh my god that thing is sharp like when you're tying it on, if you poke yourself, you're going to bleed. Um, but but that, you know, you literally just cast it out or skip it under wherever you're trying to skip it. Um, watch your line. I, I typically, I don't even do anything a lot of times. I'll just cast it and let it sit. I might pop it once or twice and then reel it in and just cast it in. But, um, I mean, it's a really easy rig to, to fish. So, But, yeah, I, I prefer it on a spinning rod. It's just easier to cast it i use 15 pound braid to like a 10 or 12 pound liter depending on you know the cover i'm fishing like docks and stuff i usually use 12 although i still lose a ton of uh wacky rigs around docks <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's a good thing i'd say give it a shot ryan you're you're a you're a ned rig ned rig beast so uh i think you I can be a wacky rig beast I don't, I don't know about all that but you know, with you saying that, I probably would throw it on a spinning rod. I have gotten a lot more confidence in uh, spinning setups, you know, here this year since I've been throwing the Ned rig so much. Um, so the whole skipping thing, that's something I do with a Ned rig a lot. I never even realized how well a Ned rig would skip until I started throwing it a lot this year. And uh, so with that aspect of, skipping i probably would do it because spinning rod is so easy to skip with a spinning rod I've, I've had such a hard time trying to learn skipping a jig you know i can do it but you know, I, this is also coming from a person that was an adult before they could finally skip a rock efficiently so <laughs> i mean i mean i'm just saying like I, I i have a hard time catching on to uh things like that so yeah spinning rods definitely a lot easier to uh skip with yeah for sure i'm gonna have to set okay. that up 
Yeah. And I, I've experimented with a lot of different kinds of hooks too. Mm -hmm. um, I know Jackson Orr, he uses like a big, uh, I don't even know how big, but it seemed like way too big for almost to me for a wacky rig hook. So I've used the real small ones with, and um, really I, I, you know, caught them all different ways. Now, like I said, I actually started using the weighted wacky jig heads and they're, they tend to be kind of in the middle there. And I usually use like a 16th or something just, just enough, maybe a quarter if it's, if it's deep or windy, um, but just enough to, to make it sink a little faster rather than just sit there and slowly watch your line to see if it just picks up and moves. But uh, um, I, I really don't think there's a lot of bad hooks uh, for wacky rigging. So, I mean, like I said, I've, I've had luck on the little, the smaller ones and, and on the big ones. I, the, like, like I said, the ones I, I actually, Jackson did a giveaway on his Facebook page and that was the first time I tried the bigger hooks and, and I really didn't expect, I, I was like, well, it seems like they're going to see it more, but it didn't seem to make a difference. I caught just as many on it on the bigger ones as the smaller ones. So. Now, do you put your hook <clears throat> through your bait or do you have like a, uh, like those bands on there? How do you do it? Yeah. I, I use an O-ring. Um, I know there's like a million different things out now, like the bands and the wires that you got to put the bands on. I just use an O-ring. Um, use a wacky tool. Um, actually, a uh, cool trick I, I saw somebody mention was we all have Sharpies on us typically. You can actually uh, use the end of a Sharpie to, to put O-rings on too. So just a quick tip I saw the other day. This, I guess. Oh, so you, oh, I see what you're saying. So just like the wacky rig tool, you put the wacky or the the worm in the sharpie, and in the sharpie lid, and then slide the O-ring over that way. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Now, how, how are you? Are you putting two on there and like crisscrossing them? Because ain't, ain't the hook like say say your senko's like that? Ain't the hook supposed to? be like this or if you put that ring around and then put the hook on it, it'd be like that right yeah uh, it, it's it's like that. i i know some people have said crisscross it and it makes it more vertical i mean i i don't spend a lot of time doing that i just put the o-ring in rig it through the worm and and go i've never had any trouble or anything so now sean you like keep yours like upright from right right like uh only when i'm nico rigging i when i do a wacky rig i go parallel or kind of perpendicular so it's coming out the side you know but i i hook straight through the worm but i also use yum dingers i don't use yamamoto senkos because i found that yum dingers work just as much and they're half the cost so i'm not as worried about going through a ton of them um because i usually buy like the 30 pack of yum dingers at dicks and it lasts me for a while, so. But I do have an O-ring tool. I've never used it. I carry it with me all the time, and I've never used it. I maybe I should. I don't. But like I said, it. I don't lose them enough to make me think. Now maybe if I start using uh, actual Yamamoto Senkos, I might change my tune there because I have used them a little bit in the past and have had good luck with them. But like I said, the Yumdinger seems to work fine for me um, in the applications I use it. So. Um, I don't worry about it as much. Yeah, I, I'll 
when I try it, I kind of want to try the uh, Jigmaster's thick stick because I, I don't. It, it just looks uh, pretty cool to me. Hang on, just a second. I've Works. used uh, I forget what the the Bass Pro ones are called. Uh, Sickos. Can y'all see that? Yeah, yeah. I've used. Oh, yeah. That's the segmented one. I forgot about that. Yeah, Cody did uh, show us that. I, I don't know if we ever announced it or not. You know, Cody was talking about it and told us about it, but he wasn't able to actually get it live on the website for a little while. He had a little complications. Um, but it, it is on the website now, ready to order. But these things, you know, for anybody watching and Thomas, if you don't know about them, they break off super easy. So if you want it shorter, like just – you can break it down for a Ned rig or whatever, you know, they, they're just a little twist and they break off clean. So it's really cool. And I feel like that's going to give it a little more action, but, uh, I definitely want to try some of those. I know that, that I have noticed that there are times when I'm um, throwing a wacky rig that they will prefer a shorter one. Like, uh, I'll have to, you know, bite the end off, make it four inches instead of five or, you know, um, usually now at that point when I kind of notice that's happening, I switch to an Ed rig. Um, and I, I did that, uh, I fished a little tournament yesterday and I started out throwing, uh, the wacky rig and wasn't getting bites. And then I switched to an Ed rig and started, um, starting to get bites. So I, for whatever reason yesterday, they were definitely preferring the smaller target, but there's definitely times where it's the other way. I'd be a little worried with that uh, the Jigmasters one about it ripping just when the fish bites it, but you know, I we'll have to try it out and see. That's the most annoying thing in the world about the wacky rig is like bluegill are are spawning and bedding right now, and those little turds will tick tick it all the time, and yep. think you think you got pick, maybe pick, pick, pick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep, that was happening to me yesterday, and that's what actually made me switch. I then I did on the Ned rig. I probably caught twenty bluegill slash uh, sunfish, you know. But I did. It did get me the four bass that I caught too. So you know, yeah, I'll take what I can get. Plus, it was fun just to you know actually start catching fish after going a couple, you know, an hour, hour and a half without catching anything. But yeah, yeah, that that peck, 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 you know, does get annoying. That's uh, it's it's so funny that I do that. And I also, I actually caught a shell cracker on a full size bass jig uh, during our tournament. We were talking about it was pretty funny. Okay, I must have just hooked him. I I don't know how he got that hook in his mouth. Interesting. You good, Ryan? I think I'm back, back, Ryan. I think so for for the moment. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It seems like all of us had a little bit of connection issues tonight. Yeah, even I got dropped tonight. Yeah. I know I have. But yeah, I'm not sure uh, what all I missed there, but uh, I, I guess I'll you know, catch it whenever I listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, don't be surprised if, uh, if you see me having a wacky rig tied on at the uh, July – third tournament are you are you gonna be there 
Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. Um, you think you're gonna go? I have my my jig and my my wacky rig tied up. <laughs> oh, you think you're gonna you you better go. Uh, it, it's gonna be a really cool event. Um, for anybody in Middle Tennessee that's interested, you know, Williamsport, July third, six to two. I'm uh, hosting a tournament out there through uh, Williamsport Bass Trail Facebook group. Um, we uh. We got sponsors donating prizes uh, to people that wear red, white, and blue or put a flag on their vessel. You know, it's going to – so you do that, you get entered in, you know, random drawing, probably pull names out of a hat and uh, let people come up and pick one of the prizes donated. But it's cool. We got stuff from Wicked Weights, Jig Masters, um, Rogue Fishing Company, Yak Gadget, uh Paddle and fins donating some things and TRC covers. And so, yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty cool. So make sure you wear, or come on out, make sure you wear your red, white, and blue or have your flag on your boat or kayak. This is, you know, since Williamsport is like a trolling motor only, you know, it's uh, boats, kayaks, bank fishing, you know, as long as it's legal out there, you're allowed to fish in it. So, yeah, come on out there and fish with us. Little plug there. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to be there. I, I don't see any reason why I won't. Well, you uh, better be. I can take your money. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm hoping I'll finally place in the money for once. You know, I've 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 never placed in the money in a tournament other than like a four. I've won a four 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 one time. I thought you did. Yeah, that's that's the only time I've ever won money in a tournament. So I think it'd be cool, you know, even if it's like winning my entry fee back, my 20 bucks back, you know, but, uh, yeah. Sean, do you, do you have any more questions? Um, what, uh, what makes you switch colors? I know you talked about when you're trying to pattern, that's another one of the things that I, I definitely don't do. And I, I probably should, I more, more do it by accident. Like, oh crap. I, I ran out of that color of Ned Rig, so now I got to switch to something else. And that's about the only time I change color. Um, but maybe I, I mean, I'm sure there's times where it would be helpful to to try a few things. I just never know how often to switch up or what, what how do you decide that? Just got so, feel? Or? Yeah, with, with color, with like plastics and jigs, I'm pretty basic. Like if the water is dirty, I'm using black and blue. If it's clean, I'm using green pumpkin. But I would say um, something I do really play around with colors on, you know, we already talked about jerk baits. Jerk baits, I feel like I'm not a big color guy with most of my baits, more so with the hard baits, but with jerk baits, I would say that's one I experiment with a lot. I don't know what the reasoning is, but from what, I, what I've found is once you can get that color dialed in um, and it can take a while, um, you know, there's a bazillion colors. Um, but, you know, obviously I just start with like water clarity. I might think about like conditions like, you know, is it sunny out? Is the water pretty clear? I could use like a translucent color or is it sunny out, but there's a little bit of stain. Maybe I want something with like a chrome or shiny finish. Um, is it cloudy? Is it, you know, if it's cloudy, maybe I'll use more of a solid color, like solid white or chartreuse. Um, really just the conditions now with another and 
another bait I'm really confident in is crankbaits. Um, I don't know. I, I don't run through colors a lot. Now I can give, I can give some specific examples about, you know, some, we were talking about patterns where I did do like a color change and it was, it was huge. Um, it wasn't a tournament experience, but, um, last year on priest, I was fishing, uh, Percy priest. And, uh, I was, it was a pretty clear, honestly, but the boat traffic picked up. Um, and I was using, I was using a crankbait, but I was using like a pretty natural color, like a natural shad color. Um, and there was, a, a lot of wake boats and jet skis and they were kind of muddying up the shoreline. Um, so I switched to like a bright chartreuse blackback with like an orange belly, um, Rapala brat, little square bill I was throwing around. So I was using the natural one swapped to the chartreuse one, um, just because the, the water was getting so muddy. Um, and I started fishing all that mud because I know typically, you know, you can fish mud lines and, and fish a lot of times we'll use those as ways to ambush their, their prey. But, uh, I ended up catching at the time it was my biggest smallmouth I'd ever caught. Um, it was 19 and 19 and a half or 19 and three quarters. Um, but I hooked into that, that one, um, just by a color swap. Um, but overall I, I try not to get too caught up on colors. Um, number one, it saves money. And number two, it takes, it saves, uh, overthinking while you're on water. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge color guy. I know a lot of guys really get wound up about it. I would say the only hard bait or the only bait really I would spend a lot of time on would, would be jerk baits. Other than that, I try to go natural if it's pretty clear, brighter or darker if it's, it's muddier. So. It's I, that's something that I was really bad about, you know, up until probably last year or so. Is if if I got into a lure, I felt like I had to have it in like ten different colors, and so I would have one pack of each color, and spend the money on that, and then you know not have success on ninety percent of them. And so now, pretty much everything I throw, you know, it's narrowed down to like. You know, I might have like two colors. Like for me, a jig, you know, for the most part, I throw two colors. I throw natural crawl or black and blue. And I've got trailers to match each one. Uh, Ned rig, I've got usually just a green pumpkin. That's what I'm throwing 90% of the time. If I'm throwing it in dirty water, I might throw like a copper truce where it's got that like that neon green looking color on it, you know, it's, I feel like that's a little more visible, like really dirty water. Yeah. I, I, I really keep it simple with that myself. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Do you, you carry a bunch of different colors or how do you do it? No, mostly if I'm in the lakes uh, and it's um, even remotely clear, I throw baby bass for my wacky rig and then natural colors for my swim baits and my uh, jerk baits and stuff. Then if I'm on the river, I tend to throw brighter stuff just because it seems like like I throw uh, that black or chartreuse black back for my crankbait, and if I'm throwing a, one of my a favorites. Ned rig, and Me if too. I'm throwing a neg rig, I throw like hot snakes or something or the green and chartreuse. You know, I something with chartreuse in it. It's, the river, a lot of my baits have the chartreuse on just because it seems to get bit even more. Same, like the rooster bait I throw, or rooster tail I throw is um, 
uh, usually the chartreuse one. So it just seems like I've had more luck uh, with that now. But uh, jerk bait in the river, most of the time I throw either a white or a silver. But um, I know a guy that I fish with throws clown a lot, which has some chartreuse in it. But uh, I, I only started throwing that and haven't had a ton of luck with it. But but that's it. And yeah, so I, I have a bunch of uh, black and blue jigs. I but I, I hardly ever throw them. Um, and I have about a gazillion different colors of Senkos. Um, but the baby bass is what works for me 90% of the time. So that's usually what I throw. And you're, you're talking about mostly in the river, right? Well, I don't or, throw the Rocky Rig in the river much. I throw oh, that mostly oh. in the lakes. Yeah. Is, 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 are your lakes uh, more dirty or clear? Um, or? They're stained, I would say. They're not – the river is actually clearer at times than than the lakes are a lot of times. So I, I, I was just wondering because, you know, I don't, I don't throw Wacky Rig. I uh, probably should, but I don't. And if I was going to, I'd probably pretty much just throw green pumpkin. You know, just I know plenty of people thinking. who do that. Yeah, yeah. So I just, for yeah. whatever reason, I I started crushing them one day on um, baby bass or watermelon pearl. I think is what Yumdinger calls it. And so that's usually what I throw because I've had the most luck on that for whatever reason. But uh, uh, I think you can't go wrong with green pumpkin, really. Yeah, I mean, Sweet. it moves so slow anyway, like, I no, I, I mean, I still have black and blue worms that I throw at the water. I think you'd be just fine with just green pumpkin. I mean, it's it's not like that thing is <laughs> moving quickly. I got plenty of time to check it out. Right. Well, cool. Uh, anything else for me that we have before we finish, close this out? Anybody get any last minute thoughts? Not unless you guys got any questions for me. I think I'm good. Do you have any uh, sponsors or anything you want to shout out, Thomas? Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not that good. so <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in the same boat, so I, I hear you, man. Uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any sponsors. Maybe one day. What, what about uh, you want to shout out any social media for people who can follow you? And uh, yeah, sure. I have Thomas Davis on Facebook, um, and Thomas Davis 111890 on uh, Instagram. Wow, that's um, a terrible name. You, you need to change, <laughs> yeah. That. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not super active on Instagram or anything. I mean, I'm not somebody who posts a whole lot on social media. I don't feel like, but Facebook I'm most active on. Um, but yeah, I, anybody who wants to add me, I, I love talking fishing, going fishing. So um, always looking for anybody who wants to hang out. Cool. Sweet, man. I appreciate you coming on here and talking with us tonight. Uh, it, it's yeah. uh it's been a while to finally get you to talk you into coming on here. So finally yeah. get you on here. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's rewarding for me to be able to do something like this. So very cool. And I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, um, thanks again for coming on, um, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the Best Fishing Your Noob segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.
There you go. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Anything on your screen? What's that? Yeah.